What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Spend my dollar. It's not about what you want. It's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to a Turd Burger edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Buddha is credited with saying attachment is the beginning of suffering. Yep, seems legit. And such is the backdrop for our hopefully reasoned, hopefully not overly reactionary review of Alabama's closer than expected win against the Bulls of South Florida. Feinbaum is calling Tommy Reese a failure, which means it might be partially true. In contrast, we'll hat tip the win and see what we can salvage from Tampa. By the way, is anyone familiar with an offensive scheme that can be based from the quarterback sneak? Asking for a friend. Let's do it. Quarterbacks. Most days you get to go first. Today you have to. And Buckner... You started, so you're up first, buddy. Buckner starting the game was not a surprise, not at all. There's a lot of lazy headline writers across the Alabama media contingent that would have us believe that Buckner starting was a surprise. It was a shock. It was a revelation. It was a reveal. It was none of those things. Saban pretty much let us know going into the season that it was a competition. And throughout the week last week, he pretty much let us know that – You have to keep your job. You have to earn your job to maintain it. And um, with as many open questions as there were coming from the Texas game, just a little bit of sort of deductive reason would tell us that we're going to try someone else at the quarterback position. And Tyler Buckner was number two, so he's the guy. What was a surprise is how poorly he played in the game. And I'm not mad at the kid so much as I am just really surprised at his his performance. He was 5 of 14 on the day, 34 yards, only 34 yards, and was never comfortable. He had the yips like Steve Sachs. He promoted punters more than ESPN's marketing department, and that's a little bit of a Pat McAfee joke there. And, uh, you know, Buckner just couldn't put it together, and you can insert your own IKEA joke there. We did predict, in fact, in our preseason podcast, we did predict that Buckner would be a stabilizing force for the team. We thought maybe in the second half against Texas is what we optimistically uh, predicted uh, preseason. The fact that, you know, it's going to be the third game and he's going to come in and stabilize the team and there'll be a force multiplier uh, with a quarterback that can read the defense and put, put the ball in the right place. I was doubling down on that, fully believed uh, that that was going to be uh, the case. And in fact, for most of uh, the first the first quarter and, and the second quarter, I was pacing my, my basement just declaring that he's going to settle down, Buckner, he's going to settle down and play well on the next possession. And that just never happened. Uh, call it a coincidence with South Florida's uh, weather late summer or call it a higher power just declaring if you're not going to take them out, then I will uh, with the weather and the lightning and, uh, and the rain. No pun intended. That may have participated, uh, participated, uh, precipitated. There we go. To your user mouth words, uh, precipitated the the quarterback change there. But uh, 
there you have uh, inner Ty Simpson, which I think was the right call at that point in the game. Uh, if it's going to be a competition, give all three competitors a chance. Uh, I wouldn't have brought uh, I wouldn't have brought Milrow back in at that time. Let's give Ty uh, Ty Simpson a chance. The defense is playing really really well, so we can feel good about uh, containing the South Florida offense. Let's give our quarterbacks a ride against a defense that's uh, that's uh, sort of geared up to to give us trouble and and having success at that. Uh, so the fact that Ty Simpson came in, not a surprise, and he was just steady enough. He wasn't spectacular. He didn't win hearts and minds necessarily, but he was just steady enough to help Alabama uh, pull out with a victory. Uh, he was five of nine uh, at one point, five consecutive completions, only 73 yards passing, uh, but that included a, a just a very beautiful 45-yarder to C.J. Dupree, which really keyed uh, one of Alabama's scoring drives. Had really nice zip on the ball, which has never been a question. We we have long uh, projected that Ty Simpson is probably one of the better throwers of the ball, uh, but not nearly as athletic as is Milrow. And we didn't think as capable and sort of pocket presence and reading the defense uh, as Buckner. I think Buckner's kind of struck out on that, uh, if I can say that nicely. And the fact that you know Ty Simpson had the, the touch uh, or the zip on the ball not a question at all. He had zero uh, pocket awareness, and I almost want to give him the mini game ball for just not fumbling as many times as he got hit squarely in the back. Uh, and there's a beautiful picture of a defender, like his eyes as big as saucers and his arm coming up to swat the ball away from uh, Simpson. The fact that he didn't uh, turn the ball over is itself uh, a little bit uh, miraculous. And, and maybe that becomes a determining factor because Milrow has given the ball away uh, a couple of times, and, uh, and and Simpson to this point has has not. Uh, again, I'm not upset that Milrow didn't play. Some are. I think it's okay. Milrow played the bulk of MTSU. He played all of Texas. And again, if it's going to be a competition, if we're going to exit game three with a defined direction, then let's put it all on the table. Let's give everyone a legitimate shot, give all the competitors a chance to compete and see what they have, uh, see what we have or see what the team has at that point. By themselves, no one quarterback played well enough to help Alabama win the win the West or win the conference. Uh, fortunately, I think there's enough improvement opportunity to go around, not just at the quarterback position, but other positions as well. Who's going to start against Ole Miss? Stay tuned. Uh, we're going to cover that at the end of the show. Look at that. Do you see a nice little tease there? Let's move on to the offensive line. This is as bad of a performance as maybe we've seen uh, until the very end, until that last possession. This was maybe as bad as a performance as we've seen uh, since Alabama's uh, trip to Austin uh, last year against, against Texas, where they just ate up. Uh, the A-gaps. Uh, it was a bad performance. Uh, Terrence Ferguson started at left guard, and I was really excited when I first saw him in there uh, until I noticed that, hey, Tyler Booker is not playing. And so Terrence Ferguson uh, for Tyler Booker is not the player rotation that I expected or that we've been calling for. Uh, Tyler Booker was a late scratch, and by late scratch, we mean late, late scratch. Uh, he participated in warm-ups, according to Coach. I uh, participated in warm-ups and even uh, went out with the captains for the coin, coin toss. And so he was primed in uniform, looked like he was going to play. Uh, some back spasms kept him out of the game. And Terrence Ferguson, on almost no notice, uh, stepped in and played. I hesitate to say that any of the linemen played well, 
But uh, he certainly, uh, I think Ferguson is, is worthy of additional playing times, just not at the expense of Booker. Booker is a better guard than Ferg. Uh, but, you know, there you have it. I'm bullish. I personally remain very bullish on the talent across the offensive line. I have no question about the talent across the offensive line. However, I think there's some shuffling that needs to take place. I will say this. The last two seasons, I've been pretty good at predicting who should be the offensive lineman and 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 how we would start the season with a different set of, of linemen, and, and we would morph into who I projected should have been the starters. We've been right on that the last two seasons, and last year it was 40% of, of the line. This year, I, I, I stand by. There are some preseason predictions that we made uh, across the offensive line that I think we need to go back to. I think Alabama needs to go back to. At one point, we said whoever won the left tackle position, and at that time it was between Elijah uh, Pritchard and Caden Proctor, we said whoever wins that position, good on them. Whoever comes in second place for that position will play left guard. And I, I think we need to go back to that being uh, the approach. I, I, I wavered on that when Terrence Ferguson really stup, stepped up uh, in camp and it looked like he was going to earn the uh, the guard position. I'm okay with that too. I think Dalcourt's the one that needs to step out of the rotating, uh, the starting five. I think Dalcourt needs to focus his attention on lighting a fire under Seth McLaughlin at the center position. And so let him be the full-time competition at the at the center position. And then I would sort out the rest. Uh, there's a couple of different ways, and I could be happy. I, I could be nearly happy either any way we want to do it. If we want to move JC over to left tackle, then let's do that. Uh, and then put uh, Elijah Pritchard or Caden Proctor at right tackle. That's fine. I think, though, I'd rather see Elijah Pritchard at one of the tackle positions with JC and Caden Proctor at a guard position. We have uh, we had the uh, the privilege. One of our uh, sort of support members is a, is a coach, and he was on our Zoom call uh, Saturday morning. You've got to get on these things. They're they're phenomenal. And the conversation we had Saturday morning, uh, we had, we had a live coach say, "You know what? You're exactly right." To the group, not to me, but just that's exactly right. That Caden Proctor, uh, though even the way he sets up to run block and sets up to pass block, he looks like a guard. Uh, he does that like a guard. And Alabama has a long history of five star tackles coming in and starting at guard. And so Caden Proctor moving to guard, holy hell. Can you imagine that he's already an imposing uh, refrigerator-sized man, uh, put him at guard and start opening up running lanes? I think that's exactly what Alabama needs. So, again, I think there's some shifting, incredibly bullish on on the offensive line. And Coach Wolf, uh, I am personally, I just think there's some reshuffling of the deck that Alabama needs uh, across the offensive line. So I might go Pritchard, uh, left to right, I might go Pritchard, Proctor, McLaughlin, uh, Booker, and J.C. Latham at the uh, at the right tackle position. And I think you still get you get beef. You still have the 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 size, and I think that's a unit that that could yield improved play. And that's where Alabama most needs the uh, the improved play. Any improvement across the offensive line, or, or let me say this the other way around, any quarterback that we would put under or behind center, any quarterback is going to perform better 
with a better offensive line. So uh, a rising tide raises all ships, no pun intended. Uh, an improved offensive line increases the efficiency, the effectiveness, the efficacy of any quarterback uh, that lines up behind the, the line of scrimmage. Now, with that, I think there's some schematic things that Alabama can do. Use the tight end more uh, for blocking. Move the pocket. Challenge the individual linemen. Challenge their physicality. I want to say challenge their manhood. That's such an old sort of, but it, but in the trenches, it's true. Power running game with play action. Build that. Make that the scheme. Build that into this. Build that into the scheme. And again, any quarterback that you line under or behind center is going to approve. There was a promise made. A promise made that Alabama would go back to physical football, that it would go back to dominating the clock. It would go back to beating up the opponents. The people want their joyless murder ball. Let's deliver and uh, give the people what they want. The people's joyless murder ball is what we demand. It's what we want. And it's going to sort of bring the tide. It's going to maximize what this team can do. There's not, I wouldn't say there's not a five-star quarterback. Hell, there's multiples of them. There is not an all-star quarterback. There's not a Tua. There's not a Mac. There's not a Bryce walking through those doors. But there's a shit ton of five-star talent on this team. And there are some huge offensive linemen and some incredibly talented five-star running backs. Let's use them. Let's use them. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right, let's talk about running backs. Uh, Jace was uh, 13 carries for 74. He seems to be the power running back in the first half. 
and uh, Roy Dell more in the second half. And we've seen that trend play out. Uh, Roy Dell was on display. And in fact, he had the single best running back performance that Alabama has seen all season. He had 17 carries, 17 carries uh, for a buck 29 and a touchdown. Uh, he had a, a, just an incredible, outstanding performance. He had a nice long run uh, late in the game, late in the third, in the fourth, uh, that really helped set up one of uh, Alabama's, uh, well, you know, the go-ahead, not the go-ahead, but the sort of ice the game uh, touchdown. Uh, that was a, just a beautiful run by Roy Dell. Jamarian Miller, uh, Jam, had one carry, one yard, and, uh, and then we've got Richard Williams and uh, Justice Haynes uh, sitting on the group uh, on the bench. And they did not play last week either. Uh, Alabama has too much talent in the running back room just sitting. And so let's, again, let's bring back the people's joyless murder ball. Let's pound the uh, the opponent's defense into submission. Let's run play action off, off of that. And let's go not one, two, maybe three, but let's go three, four, maybe five deep at the running back position. And let's find a hot hand. And over the course of the day and over the course of 40, 45 carries, you're going to have more than one hot hand. We'll have multiple, Alabama will have multiple running backs with 100 yard days. And that is so demoralizing to an opponent. And if Alabama starts running the ball 45 times and has 35, 36 uh, minutes time of possession, uh, throws the ball. This is going back to A.J. McCarron days, throws the ball. Uh, 20 times and is, is, you know, 14 of 20 or 15 of 20, uh, you know, 16 of 22 on the day. That is beautiful. Uh, 16 of 22 for a touchdown, 220, 225 yards, uh, while the running back is getting, the running backs are getting, you know, 45 carries and over 250 yards, close to three, uh, on the day. That's what Alabama needs. Uh, and that's, that's going to, I think, help right, uh, right the ship for this year's squad. So strong proponent. Uh, that that's where the team uh, progresses uh, on the go forward. The wide receivers. This is this is the second week, and I've the second week that I have felt compelled to do this. And I'm giving a mulligan on the wide receivers. I don't really have a whole lot of good to say about them, but I don't have anything bad to say about them either. Uh, it's just it was partly the weather. It was partly the quarterbacks. There was a lot of receivers with just one care with just one one reception. There were 13 incompletions. It's hard to evaluate the wide receivers as a whole on such a limited body of work. There were 10 completions, 23 incompletions. Again, that's the quarterbacks That's and, and the line as well, but it's certainly not uh, the wide receivers. If we're going to talk mini game ball on offense, it's Robbie Oots. And as soon as we say we're not going to talk about the pass catchers, uh, I'm giving Robbie Oots uh, a mini game ball for the catch that he made, the shoestring catch that he made uh, at the goal line. It's a little bit better ball placement would have uh, yielded a touchdown, but the fact that he caught the ball uh, and went out just right at the goal line, tremendous effort. I love to see us passing to the fullback. I'm going to call him a fullback. I don't care that they roster him as a tight end. Uh, I love Alabama throwing to the fullback. I can't wait till he gets a carry. Uh, and uh, I, I, I Jones for him to get a touchdown, and he almost did uh, on uh, Saturday. So good things there. All right, let's flip the field and talk defense, and uh, we'll just sort of spin through this. I love the defense. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, defense was the highlight of the day. Uh, it was kind of sort of the old school uh, Gene Stallings special uh, where Gene would pick a number and say the opponent, I don't think they can score more than X, and so I just need to score X plus one or X plus two on offense, and because he knew that his defense was uh, was that stout. Uh, Alabama defense played 
that style of play for all four quarter four quarters uh, Saturday. Alabama held the Bulls to uh, five of 17 third down on third downs, uh, two of six on fourth downs. Uh, held uh, South Florida to 264 yards, uh, 87 of which passing, uh, two turnovers, five sacks, 10 tackles for loss, and only allowed three points on the day. And frankly, those three points are hard to take, uh, are hard to sort of charge to the defense. Uh, South Florida scored their field goal on a four-play drive. Uh, they garnered them four yards, and it came after a turnover on, we'll call it a muff punt return. We'll talk about special teams uh, in a minute. And so it's hard to, it's hard to charge those three uh, points to the defense, uh, given, you know, sort of the arrangement there. Some people will say, well, it was only South Florida. But there's a, there's a funny thing that's also true. Alabama only played South Florida on Saturday. Uh, and, and, uh, and Alabama choked the life out of South Florida uh, on the field. Alabama's defense uh, did. They sal- uh, they pressured South Florida into uh, a handful of suspect decisions going forward on fourth down as many times as they did. A little bit of suspect there. There was a fake punt uh, that you could argue against, and there was a forced downfield, uh, forced downfield pass that even uh, South Florida's coach uh, came back and said, I wish I could have one back, and it would be that one. And um, I-, I feel like the defense – sort of constrained the boa constrictor that we talk about that is a hallmark of uh, Saban's sort of murder ball, joyless murder ball, what choked the life out of uh, South Florida on Saturday and really forced, I think, South Florida into pressure decisions that they might otherwise not have wanted to make. Other than the quarterback running wild, (laughs) there's always a drawback. Other than uh, South Florida quarterback rushing for 87 yards, um, and there's always got to be room for improvement. And we know that that's uh, the young defensive linemen not really holding their their rush lanes in the way that we would want them to. Imminently fixable, although we have some talent gaps there across the DL. Uh, across the board, across, and we're going to talk about individual players, but across the board, incredibly pleased with the defense. This is a defense that we can win with. Let's go back to, again, I'm a harp on the offense, complimentary, complimentary football which was committed to us. That was the promise made to the fan base uh, over the summer in fall camp, coming out of spring. We want it. We demand it. All right, individual players on defense. Let's talk about this defense, in fact, as well as they did play. And uh, Jaheim Otis didn't play, and he's sort of the the big man in the middle and was in a walking boot. Uh, I think he's going to be okay, probably saving him for conference uh, play, so we'll take it. Uh, Tim Smith was in on uh, in on nine tackles, so that's really good to see. Justin Boyby, another big boy up front, uh, was in on five uh, tackles, had half a sack. The linebacker crew was as devastating as we predicted preseason, as we anticipated that they could be. Uh, Deontay Lawson continues to set himself apart. He was in on 10 tackles, uh, one sack, uh, one and a half TFLs. Dallas Turner, uh, hey, you, we can cancel that APB. We have a sighting. Uh, a Dallas Turner sighting. He was in on seven tackles, had two and a half sacks. Uh, look forward to him uh, really stepping up and being a contributor as we enter uh, SEC play. Uh, Chris Braswell, again, also in on seven tackles, uh, uh, had a sack and had three TFLs. This really speaks to a lot of players, and I'm just calling out just a handful, but a lot of players had high tackle numbers. Some of these are solo, some of these are assisted, but it speaks to converging on the ball and group tackling, uh, which is really a hallmark of uh, the style of defense that that we as fans expect and, and, and want 
demand huh, uh, from Alabama. So we're, we're glad to see so many people uh, with uh, just shy of or right at double-digit uh, tackle numbers. Jihad Campbell had five uh, – I'm sorry, seven tackles. He also had a, uh, a TFL. Uh, Jihad Campbell, and I probably, probably should have said this before the Texas game, we're on the field for the Texas game and got to see some of the players warm up uh, up close and personal. Nobody, nobody warmed up harder than Jihad Campbell, uh, number 30. And so the fact that he's getting uh, some increased playing time both of the last two weeks, he had a little bit of a procedure. He missed the MTSU game. And so he's been rotating back into play. And all the reports are that he's a super athletic contributor and and will be a star at the linebacker position. And boy, he looks the part uh, up close and personal. He looks the part. Uh, so watch out for Campbell as the season progresses. In the secondary, Malachi Moore, he just continues to deliver on his promise. Um, you know, Brian Branch, I thought last year was an incredible player. I thought he was a shoe in for a first round pick and he went early, early in the second round. Malachi Moore is going to go in that same sort of spot. He could legit, if he continues his trajectory, he very well could be a first rounder or he's going to be the guy that on day two, someone trades up to get because he's, he's first round talent. He was in on eight tackles. Uh, one tackle for a loss and had just a beautiful interception where he looked like he played the ball better than uh, the receiver. That's the play that uh, uh, Grosh, uh, the South Florida head coach, would like to have back. Uh, that's the one he, he apologized to his team for. And I respect that. Uh, but uh, they took a shot. They thought they had the matchup they wanted. They took a shot. Uh, it didn't work out. And uh, Malachi played that ball just so dang well. And uh, it was just a beautiful interception. Uh, Terry and Arnold uh, played. Uh, I thought he played well. Uh, he targeted him a couple of times. Teams are going to do that. Uh, he played well. And uh, Kool Aid McKinstry, he, it, it was negated by a penalty, but he had himself a beautiful interception where he just worked his way, uh, it worked his body in front of the wide receiver and just really just boxed out. Uh, the wide receiver. And you think about boxing out while you're running a full sprint down the field. <laughs> it's amazing how talented some of these uh, these players are, how slow it's going in their minds while they're running full speed. It's quite amazing. Uh, but the fact uh, at, at a full sprint, he effectively boxed out the wide receiver and uh, intercepted the ball. Now that was called back for a penalty, which sucks. Uh, certainly for McKinstry, for Alabama as well. We've got to get rid of those penalties, uh, eliminate those penalties. Over the last two weeks, uh, over the last two games, Alabama's lost four touchdowns as a result for penalties. One, we still got the touchdown on the drive, but uh, so three touchdowns in the last two weeks that Alabama didn't get. Oh, talk about changing outcomes of games. Uh, so we've got to clean up the penalties, but McKinstry's play on that play uh, was phenomenal. Uh, mini game ball on defense. We're giving that to James Smith, a uh, true freshman uh, defensive lineman. He recovered a fumble. Uh, I want to heap all the, the right levels amount, but I want to I want to heap praise on the, the youngsters because uh, we need those as fans, uh, as the team. We need these cats to develop quickly. We need them to mature quickly. We need to be we need them to be sophomores next week and juniors the week after that, uh, because especially across the the, the defensive line, uh, Alabama has some depth uh, issues, and we'd like to see uh, some improvement in that area. All right, let's move to uh, special teams. Will Reichert, uh, mostly a quiet day. He was one of one on field goals. It was a thirty yarder. It tied the game up at three, uh, and the score sat there for way too long. But um, and uh, his kickoffs. Uh, 
not that there were many, but uh, they were in zone bound. And so that was certainly nice. Uh, James Burnup, I've given him a little bit of a hard way to go. Uh, and uh, on Saturday, uh, he had eight punts for a 46.1 average. He had four that he parked inside the 20, and he had a long of 60. And I'll say this, this is Burnup's third year. And if we had to wait through the first two years, where I was just underwhelmed, uh, but if we had to wait through those first two years to get to this third year and hopefully a, a fourth year that, that'll uh, be similar or better, uh, then that's worth the wait. And so I want to give praise uh, to Burnup. I've sort of heaped up on him the last couple of years, and uh, uh, it's only been three weeks into the season. I think I've said something. I think I've said something nice about him every week, certainly at least two of the weeks. And so we, he, he's getting equal time. Uh, we'll say it that way. We just need more weeks to transpire, and he's, he needs to continue this trend up. But what we're seeing from Burnup, very, very nice. Very pleased uh, with him. Shout out to Mark. Uh, Terry and Arnold, uh, backup kick return. Uh, he's vying for a starting job, isn't he, right? Uh, he returned one uh, uh, one for a touchdown. Again, call back for penalty. Uh, and it was one of those things. He, he returned it, and it looked like oh, he's going to lose yards on this, the way that I do the math. And then he took it to the house, and I was like, hey, he's about to get a 75-yard return for a touchdown, uh, which would be my math too. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, that was called back. It was a legit holding, uh, unfortunately, but uh, – uh, but nonetheless, that was called back, and he definitely uh, showed his his wheels on that. And then I think he had a, looked like he had a punt return uh, that was registered as a punt return uh, for 22 yards. And so I'm I'm happy to uh, to see that uh, as well. Kool-Aid McKinstry muffed a punt. Uh, muffed is really the wrong word. He he caught it, or in fact, he was trying to stay away from it. So he didn't try to catch it and drop it. Uh, he was trying to stay away from it. The TV angles for the for the weather and all that. Uh, all of sort of those factors weren't weren't the greatest. Uh, and so I want to be careful in saying this. Uh, Alabama turned the ball, ball over on that play. South Florida uh, kicked a field goal on that play. We've covered that. So I'm not mad at that being the outcome. But I swear on the angles that I saw, I didn't see McKinstry touch it. So maybe there's another angle. What I started to theorize is that because McKinstry was going to the ball to – to get people away from it. He was waving his arms and you could say, well, you get too close and then it bounces and it hits you, but it didn't look like it hit him. It looked like the ball hit the ground and another Alabama player dove in to try to grab it because he thought maybe it was a live ball and then was unable to get it. That constitutes Alabama touching it. And so South Florida got the ball there. So I'm not arguing that South Florida shouldn't have gotten the ball. I just haven't seen the clear footage that indicates it was McKinstry. So again, I'm not saying Alabama shouldn't have turned the ball over. I just think it was miscredited. So we'll see. Maybe there'll be some uh, some better pictures. Maybe it just doesn't matter the way that the game played out. But uh, nonetheless, uh, sharing what I saw, that's what we do here. All right, next up. You know, if it's not Ole Miss next week for Alabama to, to kick off uh, SAC play. And there's a part of me that says, well, of course it's Ole Miss. Uh, Alabama and Ole Miss over the last uh, several seasons uh, have a history. This game has a history of being a pivotal game in the Alabama season. Uh, 2015, uh, Alabama lost this game, uh, second year in a row losing uh, to Ole Miss, but identified their quarterback, and that was the win. And Jacob Coker, uh, you, Alabama rides on to, to win the national title. In, in 2019 and 2020, just the offensive personality for Alabama just blossomed uh, in this game, in the Ole Miss game, and it rendered the defenses very suspect uh, in those games. In 2022, 
uh, Alabama fresh off a loss to LSU, it was a pivotal moment. Is Alabama just going to crumble and sort of cash in their chips and, and sort of be done with the season uh, with games left to play? Or are they going to rally to the opponent, to uh, Ole Miss, and, uh, and really define their personality? And they rose to the occasion, Alabama did uh, last year in 2023 uh, and 22, and uh, won what ended up being a close game, but still won the game uh, against Ole Miss. And it really sort of stamped uh, or put the stamp in my in my mind, the personality of the 22 team. And so here we are in 2023. Again, you, you hear these these examples and like, ah, it sounds like some years we play LSU or we play uh, Ole Miss very, very early in the season. And sometimes we play them much, much later in the season. And that's exactly true, which is weird sort of by itself. And so this game sort of floats around and becomes the point of the nexus point uh, that Alabama needs when they need it. And Alabama needs it Saturday. And so maybe, you know, Ole Miss is Johnny on the spot to, to give us just what we need to sort of propel forward for the rest of the season. And again, each of these examples, uh, that has uh, that has been true. Maybe uh, as Alabama starts conference play, this game helps us identify our quarterback this season. Gosh, we can only hope. Uh, and, and maybe this game helps define the personality uh, of this team. And we hope that's true only if it's the personality that, that we want to find. Uh, so we'll have to keep a close eye uh, as Alabama fans for that. I think now I sort of predicted uh, or I, 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 um, I suggested that at the end I talk about, you know, who I thought should start at quarterback for Alabama uh, in the Ole Miss game. And I think Ty Simpson should start at quarterback for Alabama on Saturday. And I'll tell you why. I think Ty Simpson should start at quarterback ahead of Jalen uh, Milrow. And, and I'll tell you why. Let's give Ty Simpson an opportunity to start. And I know that will be three different starters in four different games. But at this point, as Alabama fans, as the Alabama team, what is there really to lose? Let's give Ty Simpson a legitimate opportunity to start the game and see what he has. He didn't play well enough to outright win the job against South Florida, but he didn't play poorly enough to not still be in the competition. Uh, that's how I, that's my grading scale. Uh, but I would give Tyler Simpson or, or Ty Simpson the opportunity to start uh, against uh, against Ole Miss. There's another factor too. There's a shoe on the other foot as well, and that's you want to be really careful creating a circumstance, creating a situation where you might have to pull Jalen Milrow from the starting position twice. After the Texas game, he was pulled from uh, the starting position because Buckner started Saturday against Southern uh, Southern Miss or Southern Florida, South Florida, and so you don't want to create a situation where you need jerk go back to Milrow, and then there's still an issue with his performance. There's still an issue with his reading the quarterback, there are reading the defense. There's still an issue with him throwing uh, interceptions, such that you then have to pull him to put Ty Simpson back in. If you want to see what you have in Simpson, do it now while you're under the hood, while the door's open, while Milrow is not renamed the starter. It doesn't mean it won't happen. It just means there's a better time to do it versus a worse time to do it. Now's the better time uh, to do that. Again, that's my two cents. Uh, that's my take on uh, the quarterback situation and who should start against Ole Miss. Jersey's in there, who should start after that, right? We're not we're not forecasting someone for the balance of the season. We're we're saying first quarter against uh, Ole Miss. I would will out or I would roll out uh, the old Ty Simpson there. In terms of this game, I'm going very vanilla and I'm predicting a close game because that's the nature of these Ole Miss games. 
Uh, and I'm saying Alabama 24 to 21. Uh, Tuscaloosa helps us win this game. And uh, I think we we come out of this game one way or the other with a much more clear direction uh, as to who should be the starter for the balance of the season. And so, you know, that's my two cents on that. All right. Uh, let's go administrative just real briefly. We did have another five-star review uh, on iTunes, and we are very thankful for that. Uh, there wasn't a comment. It was just the five-star. We can see the counts, and so we know the count went up. Uh, there wasn't a comment, so we can't personally attribute that to someone. But we do thank you, thank you, uh, and we ask for more uh, five-star reviews uh, with comments uh, or with uh, with uh, written reviews or without. Uh, they both help elevate us in the rankings and help people to find us. And if you appreciate what we do here, if you like what we do here, then uh, don't hesitate to leave us a review. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you want to engage with us, there's multiple ways to do that. Uh, we love uh, we love listener questions and comments. Hit us up at uh, Alabama Football Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you go to Alabama Football Podcast dot com, uh, you can read up on the uh, the support team. Uh, and really just support the podcast. And there's an opportunity to, to hop on virtual tailgates and Zoom calls. Uh, and we have uh, a real lively crew uh, over there. And uh, it has spawned its own sort of ecosystem. And uh, if you enjoy what we do here, then it's it's a sort of an intensified version of that. So uh, hopefully uh, you'll give us a ride. And there's free samples. So you can sign up for, what is it? Sign up for the monthly and get two weeks free. Uh, so, or maybe it's four weeks free and sign up for the annual and get four weeks free or maybe it's six weeks free, whatever it is. But we've got we have almost as many and it may be the count. Uh, we have as many shows or nearly as many shows that have re been released only to that team as we do our total show count going back 14 years. Sign up for a free you know month uh, trial and, you know, get 100 free episodes to listen to. Um, so, I mean, the bargain is absolutely there. All right. So that's what we have uh, for today. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we appreciate, uh, uh, we, truly, we appreciate you all. And uh, reach out, engage. We so much love it. In the meantime, good things are still coming for this team. Uh, I do remain as frustrated as I am. I remain highly optimistic. And so take a breather. Uh, exhale. Alabama's coming back. Gonna have a great game against Ole Miss. And uh, what do we do around here? What do we say? Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just a shout out a Roll Tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the Tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.